0: And then what was the last term? Broad stereotypes, which I think Broad everyone stu- kinda yeah. knows what, what those are. Everybody stereotypes. <laughs> That's How true. do you like that one. Yeah.
1: Ooh, good. that was very <laughs> that was very meta, as they say. That's, uh... <laughs> welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas here again with Daniel. You're welcome. We're back.
0: <laughs> yes, we are yeah. for episode what do we say, eighty one? Eighty two. 82 yeah. 82 man it's been great
1: yeah we're we're getting a lot of, close a lot of to conversations
0: 100. yes we are we are <laughs> and uh, and yeah. it's just been great to see people uh, and i trust listening it's it's uh, the analytics are a little difficult on that but uh, but if support is any measure of that i've just really been humbled by the those who have jumped on board to support the podcast and what we're doing here and we want to thank uh, you at the start of this episode uh, our our patrons uh, over at patreon.com slash reason together those who have uh, subscribed for various amounts per episode you can also do the same if uh, you're listening and you say you know i I like the content that's being produced here and i'd like to support that endeavor you can go to patreon.com slash reason together sign up for as little as one dollar per episode right
1: yeah absolutely if you're a student or a teacher you can get that one dollar tier uh, anything else is two dollars and uh, above for those tiers. But uh, I think we mentioned in the last podcast we had a new uh, elite patron sign up, and then since then we had one of our um, our, our premium patrons actually upgraded to elite status. So now yes, they get fantastic. the after show. Yes. Uh, hint hint to all of you other <laughs> standard <laughs> and premium patrons out there. Uh, you know, upgrading is a possibility. And that would give you access to the after show episodes.
0: And and as we talked about off the air, we were kind of dis- working through administrative details last time. That the way it had been set up, there was only so many after shows available. But as yes. I understand it now, there's basically the whole bank of after shows available to an elite patron. Am I right?
1: Uh, yes, we are working on it. Uh, the working previous, on that. Okay. Yeah, the previous, it, it's going to be available soon. The previous Good. hosting that we had for the after show only allowed three episodes at a time. So we would just always have, the, you know, the, the three most recent on there but uh soon we're going to have the entire backlog of after shows available to elite patrons um once we get that hosting shifted over uh and and that'll be good 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 um i was
0: just looking at uh, our last episode and uh, wondering if we had any feedback regarding that uh we had, we talked about christians pressuring each other putting some uh yeah, I don't know how do you say it—pressuring each other, and putting some.
1: Uh, we did have uh, some patron stuff here. I don't know if okay. I directly call it feedback. Okay. Um, maybe it's somewhat related. To... I kind of forget the last conversation we had. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I know, but this even is as from... a pre—I know you
0: might we might like sort of make fun of you know or or, or jab people for not remembering what we preached last week. But do you um, ever like forget what you preached last week? Yes. Yeah. Probably yes. regularly.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because and and sometimes they bleed together, like.
0: Uh, yeah, if you're doing in a series.
1: Right. Yeah. Like if you're preaching, I preach three different times on a Sunday, and I kind of forget sometimes. <laughs> wait, was that in Sunday school or Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning? And I can never remember which. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay.
0: So I interrupted you.
1: That's okay. This is from uh, one of our elite patrons, Jason. And uh, he says, uh, the subject is accountability and poor preaching. He says, In your recent discussion about whether there is an acceptable level of accountability between Christians, I found myself humbled before the Lord. Speaking for myself, I know I've gotten too comfortable going to church and not being challenged by my brothers and sisters. In return... Um, I also have failed to ask challenging questions. After all, if I'm comfortable, why would I want to steer the discussion in an uncomfortable direction? Again, speaking only (laughs) for myself, I know sometimes the reason I don't ask about someone's devotions or Bible study is because I perhaps didn't pay close attention to my own that day. Um... I got to say, I appreciate his honesty here. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Very candid. Uh, He says, I wonder if I've gotten used to church fellowship that is not Christ-centered fellowship. We converse about work, families, hobbies, and other uh, quote-unquote safe topics that don't require too much thought at the end of a busy day or week. Personally, I really like the idea about the challenge to witness more, and I think I need to apply that to my own life, as well as a challenge to be more deliberate in my fellowship with other Christians. Other than that, I don't have much to add to the conversation, but we'll just say thanks for bringing up the topic. It's given me a lot to think about. <clears throat> um, so that's that's feedback or follow-up from last time. Because I, I guess I remember now we did talk about evangelism also, um, mm. something that terrifies many Christians. Okay. Um, so he gave us some feedback about that and about conversations at church. Yeah.
0: And as 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 you were reading that and I was thinking um what he was saying there talking to um I guess sharpening people. Anyway, my thought is that uh even part of part of that fellowship at church is even dealing with uh sometimes uh understanding people's personalities. And I don't mean to take that like a totally psychological, unspiritual route there, but you know, just walking up and saying, Hey, how are your devotions doing? you know sometimes it's just navigating the person figuring out this person and just by by learning to know them listening to them trying yeah. to figure out uh, what 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 do they talk about what's going on in their lives is making a connection and is still a substantive conversation. Even if you didn't feel like you talked a whole lot, you made an effort to know that person who's maybe different in, yeah. in a personality than you are, but you've communicated a concern and you've taken a step closer to figuring out what are this guy's actual real needs? You know, where, where yeah. is he struggling or what are his, you know, and then you can talk about those substantive things or know how to even broach the subject.
1: Sure. It's just there's always the fear that people take things personally. Mm. and and that's why I think yeah, Jason here yeah. calls these topics like work, hobbies and other things he calls them safe topics, safe, yeah. Because if you talk to a brother or sister in Christ at church about their devotional life or their prayer life, there's the potential they might feel convicted. <laughs> about their response that they might give. And, and it's sadly many times I think people take that personally, like maybe you're invading their, their privacy and, and then it's, mm-hmm. it's a very personal mm-hmm. thing and, and hmm. they don't really have a good answer to give. So now they feel convicted and then they get upset at you. And, uh, and I think it would just be better if, if all of us were good at not taking things personally, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which
0: might be easy for us to say, um, in some ways, cause we're, well, I don't know about you, but I guess feel like <laughs> certain personalities can just be like, Meh. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> more than other ones, you know. Yeah. Uh not saying that not everybody should strive for that, but it's easier. Right. For right. I'd feel like it'd be maybe easier for me. Yeah. To say, uh I don't I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I, and I think uh as different as we are in many respects, that's a way in which we're similar is yeah, yeah, I'm if, if someone says, hey, you, you know, you how, how's your walk with the Lord this week? <laughs> I think I'd probably at some point say, well, you know, not as good as previous weeks. <laughs> That's rubbish. Why? Why do you yeah. ask? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but I think maybe also my desire in doing that is is I just kind of really wish and hope that other Christians would, would not take things personally, and, and, and I don't want to mm. take things personally because I think it hinders people's growth together as a church. Um, sure. Sure. When, when they can't just really be open with each other like that.
0: And and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question a little bit later that's gonna have to do. It's gonna tie into that. So if I forget, oh. ask me. How how did that question tie into what we were talking about? Oh, Hopefully okay. Let
1: me let me let me write a note real quick to make sure we come back to that because uh, Jason's email continues here.
0: Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. He
1: uh, he says moving on to another topic. I wanted to ask about what a proper response might be to bad preaching from a guest preacher or pastor. To clarify, I mean preaching that clearly utilizes proof texting, eisegesis, and broad stereotypes to make points about specific groups within a congregation. Unfortunately, I've seen this just recently and will be talking with my pastor about my concerns later this week. I wonder if it would have been out of line to simply leave the gathering. It was not a regular church service. Or should a person wait out the message and talk with their pastor later, as I am doing? Um... That's a really good question. A couple things yes. I think we should maybe hit at first. He says, to clarify, uh, I mean preaching that clearly utilizes proof texting, eisegesis, and broad stereotypes. Do you want to hit those? Uh,
0: proof, Yes. Pr- proof texting, just to explain, if somebody's listening and says, I don't exactly understand what the terms mean. Proof texting, meaning you grab, you kind of isolate one verse out of a text, and you kind of form a whole doctrine on it, as it were, that 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 verse isn't necessarily speaking to, but it seems to speak to it if you, you know, rip it out of its context. Um, And then eisegesis is uh, kind of a technical term, talking about reading into a text instead of reading out of the text. In other words, not what does the Bible say, but here's what I'm saying that it says. Well, I mean,
1: both proof texting and eisegesis are kind of two forms of the same thing, really. Because yes. you're coming to yes. the Bible with your ideas and looking for ways to prove it, right? Um, right,
0: and saying that the Bible says it, even if it really actually doesn't right. through proper interpretation. And then what was the last term?
1: Broad stereotypes, which I think broad st- kind of yeah. knows what, what those are.
0: <laughs> Everybody stereotypes. <laughs> That's How true. do you like that one?
1: Yeah. Ooh, good. that was very that was very meta, as they say. <laughs> uh, very self-referencing. Oh. All right. Um, so, um, do you he, want,
0: did you just want me to explain them or yeah, to comment just, on them? just real okay, quick
1: yeah. explain them and then we'll get to the rest of his question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he says, would it be out of line to simply leave the gathering since it was not a regular church service or should he wait out the message and talk with their pastor later as I'm doing? I have a feeling we both have the same answer to this. <laughs> okay. So You, you want me ahead. to go first? Shoot, first. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I would say unless... No, uh-uh. I disagree. <sighs> <laughs> I, knew it. Um, I would say unless unless things are getting downright irreverent and carnal, I would say I would say stay there because sometimes even in in the uh the most lazy of messages, you can still find something in it that's helpful or, or maybe an angle on something that's that's useful or right or biblical. Uh just because a guy is um and he, he gives a follow-up to this email, but because a guy is using a particular text wrongly, it doesn't mean there there isn't a good point. <laughs> it just maybe isn't the best way to make the point. Yes, right. So I would say maybe wait. Um, but I personally have left uh, gatherings that got very uh, worldly. When I was a teenager, I remember uh, I was at a camp and... Uh, Things were very, I was actually on staff there and you're required to go to these these meetings and they had these youth conferences. And there were some things that messed with my conscience uh, at those meetings. It got very worldly and uh, I got up and walked out and I talked with my employers later and I said, listen, that that messed with my conscience. I don't want to go to those. Uh, So they actually worked out a deal with me as an employee to excuse me from those things. So, but I mean, that's what I would say an example of a case in which, yeah, I would say, you know. It's fine to walk out, but
0: good. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much pretty similar there. Just saying that it's kind of a case by case basis, and there's going to be a balance to it. Like it, you make a good point that uh, sometimes a guy can proof text mo- as much out of ignorance as anything. That you know maybe he grew up that way, or he just thinks that's the way you're supposed to approach the text, or that's what he's heard. Um, and and we say yeah, that's, that is not good preaching. It really isn't, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not ridiculously offensive. It's just poor preaching. Um, but on the other hand, if there was maybe a high profile person or somebody that I felt felt should know better and was making a gross violation of something, um, you know, I I guess the one that that comes to my mind is if somebody really began to use inappropriate language. I mean, even yes. just say say towards um, females or mm-hmm. something like that, or towards homosexuals. Um I could say look this is this is offend this is th- he shouldn't be doing this and if you want to make a more open statement I don't I couldn't fault a guy for walking out um but it's really going to be a case by case basis as far as how that goes now as far as talking to your pastor I think that's great sure. and I think that's exactly the right response now even even if I stay in one it doesn't mean I wouldn't talk to my family about it later Right and say, hey, what, you know what that preacher said today? I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, I think he should know better. I think that's not the way to, you know, speak to that yeah. issue or to those people.
1: Um, you know what I mean? Something like that. So, so you would not say that that critiquing preaching is off limits. No,
0: I think you have to do it carefully, um, yes. so that that it's not that your pastor never measures up, or no, nobody ever measures up um, to yeah. whatever. But uh, but no, I certainly think there needs to be an open line. You can't, yeah, yeah. I think there needs to be an open line, yeah. uh, particularly with your children. You know, yes. Um, you know, it's one thing to just like critique him with everybody, you know, with somebody <laughs> else in the church. Uh, but but I think the the issue of loyalty has been. Overbeat in the in the years, but there is something to loyalty, but but loyalty to truth and to integrity, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, and and yeah, that more than just loyalty to a position or to a man necessarily.
1: Yeah, have you maybe you've experienced this in your own family life, but especially if you yourself are someone who preaches, if you're a pastor, teacher, and and you're someone who does that. You know, being your kids, you know, what they are, they look up to you and and you're their hero. They hear then other preachers and it's almost difficult for them to hear them the same way that they hear you. Hmm. I don't know if you've experienced that. Um, and, and you almost have to bring them down and say, well, he, there's nothing wrong with what he said. It may not <laughs> be exactly like how daddy said it, but there's nothing wrong with what he said. Uh, he said we'll something with that right a little bit, I suppose. yeah so um, yeah, and yet, on the other hand,
0: I hate to it, it that's a that's a tough one when you when when your son says, I don't think he was right about blah blah, blah, <laughs> well, I want my son to be discerning, sure, you know what I mean, <laughs> and say, well, I understand, you know, but you know. Anyway, but then try to maybe temper it and say, now, but let's think about this and just be aware that, you know, he might be coming from this angle, or maybe yeah. this is why he did this, just to give kind of a full-fledged understanding, and again, this is going to go to the question that I want to ask um, ask later, but uh, but judging preaching, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, the- I, that's certainly fair game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and maybe that's not the right term for it, but to say you don't <laughs> just have to, like, sit blindly in your church and accept everything that comes from the pulpit because it comes from the pulpit. Yeah. You know, just because a so-called preacher said it doesn't mean it's you know the Holy Grail, and you can't, yeah, uh, you know, you can't question it. Absolutely not. Well, you have you know, the right to those of the
1: scriptures. Those of Berea were more noble than right. they of Thessalonica, for right? That very reason is because they searched the scriptures.
0: And to feel that you can go, I mean, you're in a blessed, I think, position if you feel that you can approach your pastor about it. Yes. Um, now, now he may may not agree, but I'm just, <laughs> but even so, to say, you know, if he doesn't chew you up and spit you out. And you're able to voice your concern and say, Pastor, do this is what I saw, and, uh, and I was bothered by it, and I just don't know what you thought about it. You know, my fear was that—because, you, know, you know, honestly, you might have a, a guy up there preaching, and your pastor doesn't like it either. Mm-hmm. And you don't know in your mind that your pastor's probably thinking, I'm never going to have this guy back. He's not going to make a big stink about it right now. He's not going to get up and refute point for point what the guy said. But he's thinking, nah, I'm not going to have this yeah. guy back.
1: Or, but on the other hand, he might be loving it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say inversely, you could approach your pastor about the uh, the bad visiting preacher that you heard, and you know he could say something like, "Touch not the Lord's anointed. He's the man of God."
0: <laughs> yeah. Then ooh, ooh, red flag.
1: <laughs> red flag. Yeah. Anyway, um, but there is follow up. Uh, to this email further, um, because last week we had an off week. We, We weren't podcasting last week, and the weekend came and went, and Jason spoke with his pastor, and he wanted to give us an update. So he says, last comment this time around, I promise. I just wanted to give you an update regarding my previous question about bad preaching. I was able to meet with my pastor, and he stated that I was correct in my assessment of the poor message. Just for context, the guest preacher used Matthew 7, Twenty four through twenty seven to teach on marriage, um, which uh, that's uh, Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Okay, you know that passage. And the rains came. Yes, and mm-hmm. rains descended, floods came, and so on. Uh, use that to preach on marriage. <clears throat> and uh, Jason goes on. Anyway, my pastor stated he'll be thinking twice before inviting the pastor back. Uh, but he but had to leave before I could ask him about whether it would have been impolite to leave in the middle of such a message, so that question still stands. Thank you for your patience, and I'll wait for the next episode before asking any more questions. <laughs> 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 those are all you, great questions. Uh, you know,
0: there's there's times when you know in, in personal conversation, yeah, those, and I did appreciate those questions and that feedback. That was great. In a conversation, you might be talking to. Uh, an idiot, you know, and <laughs> and just you, you, you're you're waiting him out. You know, you're being patient, you're being kind, you're being tolerant. You know, and finally, it finally it ends. Okay, um, and other times, you know, and, and I'm thinking in, in a context of preaching here, and, I, and maybe an idiot's too strong there. <laughs> and then maybe it's not either. No, but you're listening to a guy, and uh, and you go, okay, I'm just going to bear this one out. Okay, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be tolerant. Fine. But other times, you might actually feel that by sitting there, you're sort of giving tacit consent or tacit approval yes. of what he's saying, and, and depending on who else is in the congregation, uh, you might say, you know, I need to make a statement for the sake of that person. But otherwise, you could just kind of—other you know other people may not see what you see, but we're just going to, you know, ride this one out and then go and then approach the, the appropriate channels, which would be yeah. the pastor who schedules <clears throat> the speakers. So Sure.
1: Good. Well, thank you, Jason, for all of those questions and follow Absolutely. up and everything. I, I love it when that happens because we can kind of see the listener go through their reasoning process with us. And, um, folks, here's your challenge be more like Jason. Send in questions to reason together podcast at gmail.com. There you go. That's reason together podcast at gmail.com. Yes. One more time, Tom. Reason together podcast at gmail.com. There we go. Be like okay. Jason. <laughs> All right, what All else right. do we have?
0: Okay, uh, question that I had that's kind of touching on on these very things that we're talking about is talking about the idea of judgment is that oftentimes, and really this is, <laughs> speaking of generalizations, probably about everybody is this way, and I mean that in some way, we're judgmental. Um, uh, not you, me, never. <laughs> 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 You're a liar. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I'm being judgmental. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think that's the um, fastest
1: you ever laughed at anything I've said. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but being judgmental, uh, pastor. You know, what my pastor says says well that uh, there's there's two things you can always do better than somebody else, and that's spend their money and raise their kids. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, if I were them, I wouldn't have bought yeah. you know that. If man, if I were that, I was that kid's parent, I would. I'd uh-huh. do this right now. Um, so Because true. we. We yeah we just we we can judge that and immediately boom we know that we're right and they're obviously wrong and inferior and making a mistake and don't have the wisdom we do and and I know that's part of the the sin nature mm-hmm. um, and then it's become on a on a in a Christian sense that's been uh, the case when we externalize uh, spirituality or, or or righteousness and we make it. Um, a standard that's observable mm-hmm. in appearance, you know? So if you show up for visitation, and if you dress a certain way, and if you carry your Bible, and if you're at so many services, then you are spiritual, you are godly, you know? And if you don't—and if you, if I do, and you don't show up three, four, three times a week, you know, and you don't carry your Bible, and you don't dress like I dress— and you don't show up at all the functions of the church then you're not spiritual. You know what I mean? Immediately there's a there's a tendency to step into judgmental mode that well obviously, you know, they haven't risen to the standard yeah. that I personally live. Now, I'm not downing standards, um, right. but I'm just talking about the issue of judgmentalness, <laughs> judgmentalness. I think I just made up a word. And um but John 7:24, um Jesus um let me see. Okay, he says in um Twenty-two and twenty-three is talking about circumcision, um, and then he says, verse twenty-three: If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? So you might have you might circumcise somebody, and I've healed somebody on the Sabbath day, and you're mad. Uh, and then he says, John seven twenty-four: Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Um, so realizing that we we ought to be judgmental in the sense of discerning, and we've talked about this before, but he says judge righteous judgment. Here's my question for you. What would go into, what considerations go into a righteous judgment? When he says judge righteous judgment, what does that mean?
1: Hmm. I would have to say scriptural judgment, primarily, uh, is okay. is what I'm observing, because we're, I mean, we're talking about the context of observing things, right? Markers, external right. things, okay? Right. Is what I'm observing a clear violation of scriptural precept or principle? Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that's maybe the beginning of a righteous judgment. I'm not saying that's where it ends, but I'm saying that's the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, good. You have to have the right Uh, mindset in the the first place, your right criteria, okay?
1: The second thing I would say, not just have right criteria, but what's my motive in judgment?
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. I can judge something according to scriptural things, but be poorly motivated in doing so.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Just like we were talking earlier about relationships at church when someone... You know, says, hey, so how, how's your walk with the Lord been this week? How's your devotional time with the Lord? Um, why are they asking? <laughs> um, there, there's— Yeah. You know what I mean? They they might be, you know, a conversational what? narcissist who's asking you just so they can then tell you how theirs is. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> Wait till the good week and be like, how's your devotional doing? Oh, I've done seven days this week. And, yeah. And uh, here's what I'm reading and here's what I'm studying.
1: Oh. Yeah, so I would say motivation factors in uh, to a righteous judgment, uh, but primarily the, s- the scripture is where it starts. I would say. Okay. Okay. I would add. Um, I would add
0: at least one other thing, and that is um, a breadth of knowledge. In other words, how much do I actually know about this situation? And I'm and I'm branching out here into just different scenarios. Okay. You think somebody needs to discipline their kid? All right. Um, you think somebody needs to go on a diet. You think somebody needs to change the way they spend their money or whatever. Um, well, do I really know—let me go back to the the diet scenario—why um, why they're struggling with weight? Mm-hmm. Do I know all the factors that go into that? No. Do, I, do I know their health issue? And, and I just think it, it would at least temper the judgment Yes. and, and the spirit and the severity— and maybe even the timing of it if I had some context as to the mitigating factors. Yes. Yes, you know, absolutely. Because, I
1: mean, there are, I mean, you know, using the diet example that you used, sure, there are a lot of people that may use an excuse of like a metabolic disorder for why they would appear overweight. But the truth is there are some metabolic disorders that prohibit yeah. people from losing weight. Um and you know, the other thing about, you know, parenting, you know, you see a kid that's acting up and you say, you know, well, if that was my kid, I'd do this. Well, I mean, maybe the kid has some sort of developmental disorder or something right. that you're not aware of.
0: Yep. I, I was uh, listening to a conversation just recently and uh, it was really touching. I mean, I was, you know, I was uh, struck by the the parent, the the blessing of the parents pursuing uh, pursuing the issue with their child, but you know saying, "Man, he just seems it sounds like he 's going crazy some days and and you know and and the and how we handled that and this and that well it comes out you know that it pe- there appears that there's some allergies involved and even some some reactions to yeah. to um to certain substances and chemicals, sure. and you 're like, wow, you know well that 's great to know, and for a parent to find, try to really." drill down on that but but all we see is the action well they're just misbehaving you know uh, all that kid needs is a good spanking well yeah it might be a lot more to that story
1: yeah or like autism spectrum disorders uh anything on that spectrum you know often well not often but sometimes creates what appear to be behavioral issues to some people Mm -hmm. um yeah and uh so anyway that
0: yeah with the judgment i was uh yeah thinking about that that it's just the timing of our judgment, yeah. The uh, the severity, again. It, just knowing—and yeah. and I agree with you. You need to have the right criteria that— and it seems like in certain scenarios, and I, and I don't know that I can identify all of them. Maybe it's more ones that are doctrinal, but even not all of those. Sometimes it seems that you do need to act fast, that you're sort of expected to— man, you're supposed to know a threat, like, right now. You're supposed to be— um, discerning, in a sense,
1: I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah.
0: If you're in a if you're in a situation um, like as a pastor, if I'm talking to somebody and he makes a certain comment, it, I guess there's some that I, I, I sh- maybe should recognize. No, that's heresy, and I need yeah. to like answer that like right now, and and just make it known, and not say, well, you know, maybe the guy is misled and. You know, maybe he's been reading some other books, and maybe some other time I'll I'll step aside and I'll, I'll ask him how things are going, and I'll see. You know, why did you say that? No, I just need to maybe answer that, no matter how many people we're in a conversation with, because yeah, um, because nip it. He's he's making <laughs> yeah, and I've been in a conversation like that where I should have where somebody's talking about a you know partial um, a partial flood and a this and a that and go Well and I should have just said well you know I don't believe that you know you know that's not our doctrinal statement right. you know and i i have, and i'm just going to have to part ways with you right there you know brother and say it kindly or mm-hmm. even with a chuckle or whatever but basically make your position known that whoa, i got to answer that sure. but a lot of other times we are so quick to judge something that really if we uh, would just step back and hold on hold on a minute it would it would affect our judgment and i think that goes into righteous judgment is that Making sure not only do I have the right criteria for, for, for what I'm judging against, but that I really know the factors. And, and like you said, you bring up a good point that the spirit of the whole thing, the motive of it yeah. is, is beneficial.
1: So, so to sum up, we're talking right criteria, right motive or spirit. And, and what mm-hmm. you're sounding like says kind of like right timing or, or right approach, More than- right approach.
0: Approach is helpful, but, but before that is right knowledge or right context. Uh, uh-huh. Understanding fully what all is going—what are the different uh, yeah. inputs into this situation. I'm seeing one angle, and I'm interpreting it by the way that I've always seen it, but I may not realize that there's, you know, five other factors yeah. at play here. that's a very good
1: point. Good.
0: Good. So, and, and, and I, there was—one of his early questions was about— um, preaching, and now I don't remember exactly how I did. Oh, when people—oh, um, what was it now? Uh, you know, I don't know, but if it's pe- people saying something about you, they're not maybe generous enough—and again, we've talked about this before, maybe a number of times—but generous enough to say, do I know all the issues here, or am I just making a quick, reactive judgment? But anyway, okay, do you have a question you want to—
1: because um, otherwise, I've got yeah. Well, I've got okay. another one here from um, from Jason. I'm looking at the other two we have here, and these are long questions. Oh, here's here's one actually. This one could be shorter. Um, have you ever heard of someone praying the Psalms, not singing them, uh, but praying no, the Psalms? Yeah, I've heard of the idea. Okay. I um, I was. Having a thought about that this week, because I had heard it somewhere else and I, I forget where now. Um, we, we talk a lot about the danger of vain repetitions in praying. Mm-hmm. but and, and I think, you know, praying the Psalms being that they're already written out and you're not really speaking extemporaneously to the Lord, you know, praying something like that could become a vain repetition. But what if someone is a new Christian? and they've been they've not been a churched person at all for much of their life uh, do you think that praying the psalms at least learning how to pray by praying the psalms do you think that's a beneficial thing or are there any reasons why you should avoid that
0: well my my take on it i'm not going to say it wouldn't be beneficial uh, just for reading and understanding the structure you know you know of what you're of understanding what the psalms say, I guess, but I wouldn't, that wouldn't be my go-to approach for two reasons. Number one, (laughs) I guess the thought crosses my mind as far as what the psalmist is praying for, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kill my enemies, burn them (laughs) up, you know, bring them to confusion, uh, you know, and be like, well, uh," you know... Um, So that might not always be—maybe if you pointed them to specific psalms. Right. (laughs) Not not uh, the
1: imprecatory
0: ones. Yeah, that's right. But the other thing being that the way David prayed uh, or the way David expressed himself may not really be um, normal to the way that we express ourselves in a way that we could, you know, still rightly express ourselves to the Lord. You know, if we said, no, you just talk to the Lord like he's there— uh, and like he's near because he is, um, and, and talk to him like you would talk to somebody else. Now, yes, reverently, but not as if he's a million miles away. Just talk to him. Uh, to me, that, they, that would, could almost make more sense to people, or could make more sense, <clears throat> to just say, oh, I'm just going to talk to him, instead of saying, well, you know, he structured it, uh, oh God, thou yeah. art my God, early will I... Yeah, that's not going to match his speech pattern, if you know what I mean. Well, sure. So then it's going to sound, well, it's going to feel... Imposed or something. What I'm seeing
1: in it more is just learning how to be worshipful in prayer. Um, in fact, I think it was you that had said this to me years ago now that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd said something that you were of the opinion that one of the most worshipful things a Christian can do is pray. Hmm. Or was that somebody else that said that to me?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember it. Okay. Okay. Um, but... But if you like it, yeah, then I probably said
1: it. The jury's still out. Um, No, I mean, I can't really disagree with that statement. I think prayer is a very worshipful thing. But uh, I'm, I'm hesitant, especially for people who are new to the Christian life, to think prayer is simply just like the prayer of Jabez, you know, that book that was written Mm, recently, you know, basically Mm. pray this for four weeks and the Lord will give you what you want. You know, praying is not, it's not like, uh, you know, accessing a genie. It's not supplication alone. There's other aspects to praying like worship and intercession Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and, 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 and then maybe supplication. Um, And I think the Psalms, Maybe help with the aspect of worshipful prayer, okay,
0: hmm, okay, well I can't necessarily disagree with that, um just as far as like a pattern, like if somebody said, "Hey, i you know teach me to pray, and yeah, yeah well, but you're saying for that aspect of prayer- yeah just because for there learning. are aspects of prayer,
1: yeah, and i would I would be clear to counsel someone who who I would say to do that is. You know, don't take this as something you're going to be praying for the rest of your life. Uh, This is not some sort of catechism. This is not some sort of, you know, ritual where you just like, you know, in the Roman Catholic Church where they pray the Lord's Prayer over and over again, you know, every time they're together. Yeah. you know that's not what it is. It's not a vain repetition. This is so you can kind of find your 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 sea legs, this is so you can sort of find your way mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. prayer in the beginning and learn to be worshipful in prayer. And, and then we'll get to the supplication part later because I personally mm. think that uh, supplication is oftentimes overemphasized in praying. Mm, mm.
0: But whereas it should maybe take a little bit more of a secondary role.
1: Um maybe not necessarily should- s- secondary, I don't know how to say but balanced, it exactly.
0: But balanced with the worship aspect, that's not asking for something, it's merely acknowledging God for who He is. is right,
1: you're right, exactly. Um, I mean, if, if if you don't believe me, look at the average, uh, you know, church prayer meeting these days, where mm, right. I don't know that it's on anyone's mind to simply say, well, I don't necessarily have a request, but, you know, I, I I'm I want to praise the Lord for this and for that, and, and maybe we can, mm-hmm. you know... Thank the Lord for that in our praying. Um, right. And, and maybe maybe Thanksgiving is the only day of the year where people are thinking about, uh, you know, worshipfulness <laughs> specific and gratitude praises. and okay. prayer, but I think it should be a regular part of praying.
0: Now, one other note on on the Psalms, though, is that as you read the Psalms, you may very much like how something is expressed and the fact that it is, I don't know, if it's just the the way that it's structured or that it is Scripture itself— um, can, I'm sure, it does work into prayer. You know, if somebody wants to adopt that, it doesn't make it a vain repetition if they mean it. Yeah. You know, so to say, you know, search me, O God, know my heart. <clears throat> Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in sure. me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's a very, very true prayer, you know. Or, um, you know, I think it's Psalm 127, one, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it... Um, Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, build this house, and yeah. you know things like that, and to take uh, lead, lead me in a plain path. Uh, you know, make my way straight or whatever. Yeah, Open Thou um, mine
1: eyes that I may behold wonders. Yes. things out of Thy law.
0: Right. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. Uh, so there's a lot in there. The way it's worded that can certainly become uh, just touching and valuable prayers to a person on a personal level, uh, even a, even on a corporate level. Uh, just you know, because they're meant and even though the words were already used uh they can just become uh, a precious part.
1: Yeah. Good. I agree. All right, well we've got a couple of minutes here for one more thing if you've got mm. something else that's short. Man. Everything else is on my list here that's looks kind of long.
0: Yeah. Do we I've got, do a year, I've got a 4 I've got a 4-year-old that's short. Oh, here's uh uh <laughs> here's one. <laughs> The, uh, okay, so tracks, uh, obviously tracks, oh, yeah. um, take on different forms and, uh, there's some that are kind of like fun, almost little game things like, Hey, look at these two things. Which one's bigger, you know? Oh, did attention it fool getters. you? Yeah. Attention getters. There's of course the chick tracks kind of tell a story. There's ones that are very colorful. Yeah. I'm not a fan of chick and, tracks. And, uh, comic-y ones, um, you know, all different kinds of tracks. But what do you think uh, of the money track, like a track that looks like a you know, like a million dollar bill okay. and you just sort of like leave it laying on a table or, or it looks like a wallet and you like leave it on the ground? What's your take on that?
1: Okay, I have a funny story about this. <laughs> when I was a teenager, our church would go out on track blitzes, we would call them, and we would just uh-huh. go cover whole neighborhoods and, you know, it was Jersey, so the neighborhoods we would often pick were neighborhoods where people walk the streets. They're around. They're on the streets. So you just walk down the sidewalk, hand and tracks out to people. Or uh, And I remember one time we were in this town. I don't even remember what town it was. We were standing out in front of a post office, and there were these two um, newspaper machines, I guess you call them, dispensers. Mm-hmm. You know you know those machines mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Y- yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You used to be able to put in your quarters, and the door would open, and you can pull a newspaper out. Right. And... Uh, yeah. And, and I, I had those money tracks. We, we had several of those money tracks with us. That wasn't primarily what we were using, but we had some. So I got the bright idea to stick one down on the ground and just kind of wedge it under the foot of this newspaper machine. And I'm not, I'm not saying I condone anything that I did, okay? I was a teenager, a young teenager, okay? And we kind of walked down the corner and we watched for a little bit and I saw these two guys coming along, dribbling a basketball down the sidewalk. And uh, just talking, you know, not really paying attention to anything in particular and dribbling the basketball. All of a sudden, the one guy sees that fake $20 bill under there. And he just kind of throws the basketball to the side, heaves himself into this machine like he's like a hockey check. He just checks this machine (laughs) over and picks up this $20 bill, he thought. And he looked so excited. And he's like, yo, he says to his friend, yo, look what I found. And then all of a sudden, he opens it up and his countenance fell, the hardest I've ever seen anyone's countenance (laughs) fall.
0: (laughs) That he had just picked up that totally fake $20 bill. And it was
1: at that moment, I felt really bad about the idea of money tracks. Uh (laughs) Because as soon as he saw what it was, he just like, oh man, he just kind of threw it on the ground. And he was almost mad, like almost, not just disappointed, he was almost mad about it. And I thought, Maybe that's not such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've been in similar
0: uh, – had a similar experience, and this just goes to being transparent here to my own uh, foolishness uh, in how I did it. But we were on some trip, and I don't even remember what it was, but I had some with me. And so you have this guy like that drives the bus for you or or gets the luggage out or something. And I uh, and I gave it and said, hey, I want to give you one of these or something like that. Well, it's probably, like, oh, great, a tip. Thank you so much. And then it's not real. You know what mm. I mean? And he may have noticed it right there. Now, what I could have done was said, hey, here's something that's uh, much more valuable than what it looks like, and here's a tip. You yeah. know, I could have given it to him and followed it up with real money that he, you know, deserves as a tip. Yeah. But don't, number one, don't give it without a tip. Right. But... but but the idea that, um, yeah, that you are kind of getting people in by... You are attracting their attention by thinking that it's money. Right. And then actually... Is it actually counterproductive because they swing the other way? They don't really yeah. want to attract, but now you made them think it was even something and that, oh, it's just attract. Yeah. You put it in comparison to money.
1: Um, well, if you and- did that for real, and let's say you had a real $20 bill... And you said to someone, "Here, I'll pay you twenty dollars to let me give you the gospel." I think a lot of people would kind of, kind of be like, "Ah, I don't think I'd do that. That doesn't sound. That sounds like I'm trying to buy saying, someone's you're attention." You're saying Christian, right? And, and I agree. I wouldn't do that either. But isn't that kind of what we're doing? Only we're faking them out. With the, yeah, with only the money worse. Yeah.
0: it's a bait and switch. Yeah, and and then it, and it even makes me and we won't get into the whole debate now discussion now, but really. That almost is like a mirror sometimes of of ministry philosophies, mm. where you bait them in with Ooh. something, and then you disappoint them, uh, you know, with what is given by giving them something else. You know, ah, you yeah. thought you were getting this, but now I'm going to give you the gospel. Ah, you know... That's a very good anyway, point. I just I just think that approach is that, that tracked. I mean, I'm not against I'm not anti tract You know, right. I hand out tracks, but um, but that one just sort of seems to maybe be a little counterproductive. Yes. <laughs> now, if you use them, you know, go for it. And maybe you have if you introduce it with the right line, or you do it at the right place, yes. or you say it. Hey, do you think there's such a thing as a million dollar bill? Well, neither do I. You know, but this you know, but this is really important. This is worth more than a million bucks. Okay, okay, at least they know yeah. oh, a million dollar bill there's no such thing as a million dollar bill. But if you're giving it out as money or you're laying it around for them to think it's money, yeah, I might rethink that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Anyway, <laughs> well, if you become a patron, we're gonna give you a fake twenty dollar bill. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: and elite patrons, a fake million dollar yeah, bill. Yeah,
1: there you go. No, I don't, I don't. Yeah, we don't even have any of those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's imprinted. See, that's how that's
1: how broke we are as a podcast. We don't even have fake money, so we need more patrons. <laughs> it's like I gotta go oh, buy man, another yeah, monopoly. Yeah. Well, board. thank you to our patrons for your support. Uh, our elite patrons, you can follow us over into the after show. And for our regular patrons, uh, you can always feel free to upgrade. And if you're not a patron, that's patreon.com reasontogether reason together. Anyway, we thank you for being with us again on this conversation. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together.